This yeah. is Rated RPG. We are going to do some role-playing today. So this is Rated RPG. If you ever watched Blame Society films, we used to do a series where we played role-playing games, and uh, that series is now being transmuted into a live stream, which will eventually be a podcast. And I'm going to pass it over to your DM for tonight, today, Emery! We are going to be delving down a very dark and dangerous road. We are going to be playing the 5th edition adventure book, Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus. In this adventure, it's going to take our players into some pretty crazy places, starting in one of the most dangerous cities in the world, Baldur's Gate. I'm just going to say that today we're going to be doing what is known as a session zero, making sure that everyone uh, has a background and everybody's aware how their characters are related, and also giving some exposition as to the setting so that everybody kind of has an idea of what's going on. And then we're going to go into the first real session where we're really playing the game. Oh, yeah. Um, but these session zeros are incredibly important. I think what would be best now is to do a little bit of an introduction <clears throat> of ourselves for anybody who doesn't already know us. I am your dungeon master. My name is Emery. I am a film editor turned into a YouTuber. Uh, I've been doing a, a channel on YouTube called Game Society Pimps for the last nine years. I'm a huge hardcore D&D fan. Been a, a fan since I was probably around 11 years old. I love dungeon mastering, but I also love playing. All right, then I'm going to pass it off to my left here, Jason. So my name is Jason Stevens. I'm a voice actor. I've been in videos, uh, both with Game Society Pimps and Blame Society Films with Beer and Board Games and some other projects. I love role-playing, and I've, I've started uh, playing D&D in 1993, I think it was. So second edition. I'm Aaron. I'm a YouTuber by trade. Uh, Game Society Pimps, Blame Society Films, Rated RPG started on Blame Society Films. In a way, it was an offshoot of beer and board games, where we played board games and drank beer, and then we played role-playing games on that show, and eventually we are like, we can make this its own series. I've been playing D&D since the 80s. I forced my way into a D&D group with some high school friends. They actually wouldn't <laughs> let me in. I had to sit at a table next to their table. <laughs> Um, and just like sort of sort of play until finally eventually they let me sit at the main table because you had a charisma of six <laughs> yeah they just had too many people and they were just like we can't have any more people and my best friend Benson voted against me being in the group wow. <laughs> he wasn't my friend at the time uh, awesome. Awesome. So, but eventually they let me in and I was considered a full-fledged member all right that's enough about me Brad I'm Brad Knight I run an improv comedy company called monkey business Institute uh, I met Aaron. 97, 96, 97. Going on on almost on 25 years now. I've been part of Blame Society stuff since the very beginning. I met Jason uh, because I was his improv teacher. Best improv teacher ever. Thanks, Jason. I've gotten worse. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, I met Emery through Game Society stuff. Uh, I met Dion cause, just because he's Dion yeah. and around. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, I have been playing D and D since about 1977. I actually really like Fifth Edition. I think they caught the the real spirit of D and D, which is compelling storytelling and 
characters and uh, and that sort of thing. I am Dion Green. I'm a comedian, rapper. It's weird. I've never played this before. I have a rap group actually named D&D, but it's only because we're Dion and Daniel and we've both never played, so this will be neat to actually earn the name, I guess. Yeah. I met all of these guys because there's a show that Monkey Business does where uh, comics come and do improv with actual dudes who can do it. And now I'm here. So, yeah. Dion, what's your fucking character's name, dude? Oh, Race the Roaster. I'm a bard, and I'm here to talk shit and make music. Mm. Your name is Racist Rooster? (laughs) (laughs) Very, very close. It's Race, R-A-Y-C-E, specifically. Because I met this white dude like 10 years ago. He was like the coolest guy I've ever met. I was like, I wish that was my name, so... Okay, Race the Roaster. Oh, Flame bro, some haters today, man. That is way better than Racist Rooster. (laughs) I think I found a way for my character to mispronounce your character's name. (laughs) My name is Gender the Broiler. (laughs) We got, oh, wow, Glubjeg Dregrom. Gregrom. Gregrom, sorry. And who are you, uh, Glubjeg, Gregor? I am a bugbear. I am a ranger. I range. And I bug. Okay. And bugbears are, of course, goblinoid, monstrous humanoids with long, ape-like arms and yes, nasty I am, teeth. I am eight foot, two inches tall. Smells of uh, lilac and gooseberries? The wilderness. <laughs> the wilderness. I am also a captain in the Chill Mercenary Company. The what? The Chill. It's a mercenary goblinoid company that uh, generally uh, sees to the better of society. Okay. I'm a captain. Oh, that's good. I've seen a lot of action. All right. A lot of things in my day that you don't want to know about. Okay, well, maybe you can talk to a professional. (laughs) I talk to myself. I am a professional. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you. You shouldn't. Nope. Do you wear clothes? Well, if you call these clothes. Well, yes, I mean, yeah, I, I, wear my, I wear my chill uniform. See? Insignia, Captain. All right, well, uh, Race, the roaster. Yes. Can yes. I hear a little bit about uh, you? I am a, a halfling uh, bard. I, I grew up on the streets. I had parents, and they died early. And as a halfling in a place where everyone was so much bigger than me, I had to learn how to use my words instead of a sword because I couldn't really attack that well. Mm. And so I got known for being the guy you never wanted to get into a debate with because I'll cut you down and then I'll probably take your girl. <laughs> I love the idea of a little halfling insulting just, all these people and stealing their their women. I just sit on their laps and start, you know, the gift of God is in me. So I love you, you little son of a bitch. Oh, give me a hug, me papa. <laughs> all right, uh, Coslo Ferngrove. Yes, What's I, your deal? I am Coslo Ferngrove. I'm a wood elf a druid. My family was part of a small group of wood elves. And there was a war, and the attack destroy our whole home, our home, our village. And so my family and I left, but we were on the road. There's nomads living and going from place to place. And then uh, some bandits, uh, they murder my mother and father and take me, kidnap and take me, use me as young child, as a pawn, you say, to trick traveler in the road. And so many people, innocent children even die because I... I'm uh, captive and being used by this uh, orc, this bad orc and the bandits. 
So then finally, some uh, rainbow knights. Rainbow knights. Came, uh, they killed all the uh, bandits. Okay. And except the orc got away. I still look for him sometime. Uh, then I go to Baldur's Gate. Uh, I stay with uh, No, my friend up with Gnome, uh, he's a druid, teach mm-hmm. me old druid thing for many years. I live with him. Okay. And uh, then he die, his explosion, his sometime Gnome explode. <laughs> they kind of... Uh, They're known for that, yeah. Curious. And so now I am on my own. But I look out for little children. I look out for all the people. Can they help themselves? I fight for the common man, they say. Well, thank you very much, Kozlo. And then finally we're on to the Bobby. That's right, I'm Bobby the Enjoyable. My mo- If you want to know a little bit about me, I'm a fire genasi. My mother was a fire ifrit, and my father was a wizard. Never knew my mother. She left. She went back to wherever she came from after she had sex with my father. Okay, just real quick. Did your father summon a fire ifrit just to bang it? It's possible, and he never told me. <laughs> I hope that's not the case, but it wouldn't surprise me. He was a bit of an asshole. <laughs> as most wizards He are. forced me to work for him as a child and learn his ways, and I don't, I don't like traditional magic in the way that he used it. Mm-hmm. He was after power and only power, and I, don't, I did not care for that. I grew up in a small village called Breakbeat. My father, uh, he just wanted power. He kept lusting after power, and eventually it, something happened to him, and I don't know what, he just disappeared. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. And so I was left on my own as a, as a teen, and I, 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 had, I learned enough from him to continue my research. My goal is that I really want to make a name for myself. Ah, well. I want to invent something that everyone will remember. Like a f- uh, flashlight. Like a flashlight? <laughs> I'm sorry, did I cross line? <laughs> that's, that's getting there. Okay, great. Fantastic. That's, it's great that you guys have all done so much uh, background work on your characters. What we should do now is I'm going to try to uh, connect your characters a little bit more into the specific setting. Because I want you guys to have a connection to Baldur's Gate in some way. You have already stated, uh, Jason, that Kozlo has... Uh, had a friend who, after you were liberated by some uh, knights, uh, you moved in with your friend in Baldur's Gate and kind of taught you to be a druid and all that kind of stuff. That's perfect. That's really great. That means that you've been here. This has been your home for the past several years. Now, how old are you? Uh, elves can be pretty old. So. Uh, I am 56 years old. Okay. So not that old for an elf. No. But also definitely not an adolescent anymore. I'm going to ask if it's all right with you if the if the knights who saved you were from a neighboring city called Elturel. Oh, sure, yeah. That's okay. perfect. Yep. So there's a, a little bit of a background here with Baldur's Gate. Uh, this is a, a massive city that exists on a river, uh, and it is a very prominent trade hub. But it has an enemy, which is the city called Elturel. And it, the reason kind of why they're enemies is Elturel exists a little bit further inland on the same river. Mm. So they have a habit of imposing tariffs and taxes on anything that Baldur's Gate tries to send further inland on the river. Um, and the reason why they do this is because Elturel is a city full of knights and paladins and holy people. And they, they're they they're so, like, goody. They literally have an artificial sun floating above their city <laughs> that constantly gives off uh, sunlight to protect them from undead. Like, it's always daytime in Elturel. But Baldur's Gate, on the other hand, is kind of almost the opposite. It's very, very well known for being high criminal presence there. There's open, like, murder in the streets. Like, it's it's a really dark place. 
to live, but they're incredibly financially successful just due to their kind of location. So El Torel and Baldur's Gate are sort of enemies, but they're not like open warfare kind of enemies. So I think it would be pretty cool if your character was saved by some um, knights from El Torel. Yeah. Some Hell Riders, actually. Oh, particular. yeah. Hell Riders. Hell Man. Riders saved you. The Hell Riders MC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so you might have had some experience with Hell Riders. Uh, maybe they told you a little bit about what they do. They're basically paladins who um, took a trip once to Hell. Oh. To the first layer of hell called Avernus, and uh, they went there with their leader, and they you know fought some battles, and then came back. What's my what's my general <laughs> feeling of them, other than the fact that they saved me? They're good guys. They're they're you know legitimately good folk, as far as you can tell. All right, so Debobby, um, I'm not sure if you mentioned what your class was ever. You said you're a fire genocide. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if you mentioned that you were an artificer. I'm I'm an artificer. I uh, use I use objects to create magic. Yeah. Unlike my father, who did it the was a dick. the asshole way. <laughs> this is probably the reason why you were drawn to Baldur's Gate is that there is a very well known uh, temple. It's a very well known. It's called the Halls of Wonder. Just miracles of technology and magic. You've been here. You've probably visited the Halls of Wonder. You know, maybe seen some of their shows. Perhaps you even uh, have worked ah. there and uh, kind of. Uh, What's the term for it when you don't get paid for work? Uh, unpaid internship. <laughs> yeah, unpaid internship at the Halls yeah. of Wonder. I don't know. It's called do not ah. do the work. <laughs> it's get a different job. Who is it that you worship again, Dababi? Gan, God of Wondrousness. Oh, I should also ask you what your alignments are. That's kind of an important thing. Also, like, do you worship any deity? In uh, you know what? Nature predate all new gods. So I only worship the nature good all the time. Even if it means uh, go against the rules. So, yeah, chaotic good. <laughs> yes. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm a hustler. I try to do what's good for people, but I look out for myself. I'm chaotic good in these streets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A couple of chaotic goods? Yeah. I'm a mercenary. I am neutral. I can tell you how I got to Baldur's Gate. So in my early mercenary career, I had success after success after success. Yeah. They called me Club Jag the Invincible. Mmm, I'm hard. <laughs> well, right, settle down, race. As, down. I, as I rose the ranks, we got an assignment to free Sandabar from a fiendish invasion. That was my first defeat. Oh my god. Ever since then, I have been hunting fiendish. Creatures, I look for portals to hell and the abyss all over Faroon. I have heard there is a such a portal in Baldur's Gate. There might very well might be. And they will pay. <laughs> Damn, dude. Well, yeah. I don't want to get on uh, yeah. Glubjeg's bad side. Definitely. So, let me get this straight. You were a mercenary who participated in a lot of battles, and the only defeat you ever suffered was at the hands of some demons or devils, some sort of fiends. Yes. And then, it was a mediocre record after that. (laughs) Fiends are bastardly tough to kill. So, you know, a 65% success rate, which pisses me off. Yeah, and they're so rare, too. I mean, it's just bad luck having to run into those things. I still win every... Assignment I'm given that does not involve fiends. Okay, well, hopefully you won't have to fight any of those in this campaign. Then I'm out. 
<laughs> You're going to fit right in, actually, Glubjeg, because as you will find out once the campaign begins in earnest, there is something of a state of emergency currently in Baldur's Gate. There are a ton of refugees showing up. And the City Watch, otherwise called the Flaming Fist, which is actually a mercenary group that a long time ago was elevated essentially to the rank of like uh, the police, like the, like the city police. And they have tremendous amount of power and they can kind of do whatever kind of the heck they want. I respect know. them. They're, they're very much known for, if you're in, like, the lower city or, you know, God forbid, the outer city, which is the sections of the city that's beyond the uh, wall, and you call for aid from the Flaming Fist, you're just as liable to get punched in the mouth by the Flaming Fist and then them take all of your money. And then just kind of like, just kind of like, you know, they'll stop whatever the crime is that's happening. But then they'll deck you, take all your shit, and leave. You know what I mean? <laughs> they to stop crime is more crime. <laughs> exactly. I mean, not, not all of them are like that, but it's a it's a huge risk, yeah. you know? Now, if you're somebody who's fortunate enough to live in perhaps some of the nicer neighborhoods of the lower city, or if you're one of the patriarchs or people who live in the upper city with their own, like, kind of, it's, it's literally like a gated community. Like, there's another set of walls within Baldur's Gate separating all the rich folk from everyone else. We must tear down these walls. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure you want to, Mr. Chaotic Good Druid. <laughs> but those folks, they have their own protection, which is mm. called the Watch, which is, you know, again, it's kind of, it's almost like a mercenary group. It's paid for by the, uh, mm. the rich folks in Baldur's Gate. And the Watch, they are known for, again, just kind of treating the commoners like shit, but they pride themselves in knowing every single person who lives in the upper city so they, they they'll if somebody is in the upper city that's not supposed to be there that doesn't have like written permission to be there you know they can get arrested they could get even killed potentially do they have signs that say they're protected by neighborhood watch sure do you want to make signs as for a living <laughs> you make those signs that's your day job <laughs> I want to make some signs that say you are being watched um, but anyways the reason I bring up the flaming fist and the watch is because of this influx of refugees, crime has actually increased and the Flaming Fist is kind of being stretched thin and they're resorting to even more kind of brutal tactics than before and they're resorting to hiring adventurers and other sort of mercenaries mm. to kind of help them do their jobs. So that could be an excellent reason for you to be in this city is because you've heard that they're looking to pay pretty handsomely for mm. folks who are who have no qualms about beating folk up. How do they feel about lovable scamps? Lovable scamps? As long as you can kill people, Man. you're totally on board. I love murder, so. Oh, you love murder. Okay. It does take money to search for gates to hell. I would like to approach this uh, new career maybe uh, to do good, to help people. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a, I mean, obviously, the, the the point of of what they're supposed to be doing is helping people. You know what I mean? The problem is the people who do it tend to just be shitty folks. That's but right. Not all of them are shitty. Some of them are really good. In fact, the Grand Duke of uh, Baldur's Gate, his name is Alder Ravengard. Alder Ravengard is the Grand Duke of the city, which doesn't mean that he rules it like there's also a council and there's a parliament as well. But he kind of is technically the most powerful person. Um, but he also is the leader of the Flaming Fist. So he wields a tremendous amount of power. 
Unfortunately, 10 days ago, he left to go to El Terrell, the city that is kind of the, you know, the, the rival of Baldur's Gate. And he disappeared. He never came back. Mm. And so the Flaming Fist has no leader, and there's a ton of refugees suddenly shown up right around the same time that Ravengar disappeared. And so there's a lot of chaos kind of happening. A lot more murders than normal, crime rampant. A lot of paperwork. Exactly. Okay. I hate the paperwork. Speaking of crime, there is a, a little special thing in this adventure as far as character creation goes. Now, you guys are supposed to know each other. Before this starts, you want us to just roll a die? You're good. You guys want to just fucking yeah. random it? Random it? How many? Okay. How many others? You can are do it? the roll, right? <clears throat> so there is conspiracy, murder, theft, and failed coup. So that's a dear d4. Ooh. So let's go and roll oh, a wait. d4. Emery's gonna do it online. Watch. You want me to roll a d4? Yeah, watch oh. it. Roll for the mace. Look okay. The future. Y'all ready for this? Yep. Yeah. Da, da, da. I roll a three. That is murder. Mm. Ooh. Murder in Baldur's Gate. There's blood on the character's hands. They all had a part to play in a murder, justified Ooh, or not. I like it. Shared guilt, coercion, and fear kept the secret between them. Did they kill for justice or just for the thrill? Oh. I'll roll again. Here we go. D6. Four. The first step to healing is admitting you have a problem. The second is seeing your abusive dealer bleeding out on the floor. <laughs> Joplin of the tea house of the same name had it coming, and you haven't felt the moonflower itch since. So Joplin is a guy who runs a tea house, and he uh, would sneak Moonflower, which is an addictive substance, into his special brew of tea. Each character plays a role in the murder, determined by rolling on the murder character rolls table or choosing the appropriate entry. <laughs> First person to shout the number gets it. I'm the murderer. You're the murderer? That makes a lot of sense. One. I got instigator. You got instigator? Yep. Oh, okay, so... Which one did you get, Jason? I got the four. I got the liar. All right, then I'm the bystander. <laughs> yeah! There we go. Hell yeah! Okay, that's great. Oh, it makes sense go. that due to my intelligence that I would be the instigator. Mm. So, Glubjeg, you, via a blade, a shove, or a deliberate inaction, took a life. So how did you take this man's life? Blade? Blade? I do not like to be out of control of myself. Makes sense. Now, I know bugbears are typically, you know, stealthy. Did you sneak into his house at night? Did you wait for him to lock up in the evening and stalk him and murder him in an alley? I, w I waited inside of his tea pantry. <laughs> <laughs> he, he reached for the Darjeeling. <laughs> right in their throat. Awesome. Fantastic, okay. And then I took the moonflower. <laughs> All right, yeah, of course. You know, spoils of war, right? Yes. Now, that is an interesting story because apparently there was a bystander who could have prevented this from going down. Yeah. What's the story uh, there? The reason is because my mother ended up dying from an addiction to moonflower. Sure. And that's why I ended up being a street urchin. And so anytime you can get a dealer off the streets when they're peddling the hard stuff, I want them gone. Okay. All I right. told him, do not come in pantry with me. <laughs> <laughs> so were you in the pantry, too? So, listen, I, I always followed the big guy around because he's clumsy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then right when he was starting to get to the action, I was like, oh, this is happening. And I couldn't I couldn't just let him be there alone, you know? You need a friend to support you in all things in life. Okay. Yeah. So you guys knew each other before the murder happened. So yeah. maybe... I'm kind of a street urchin, you know? I yeah. hop around, and you always want to be friends with the biggest guy in the room. So. For sure. Yeah. And there's a lot of really kind of rough-and-tumble taverns and whatnot mm -hmm. that you probably uh, frequented for work and such. You probably met each other there, and... Uh, Searching for information, I watched. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And, like, did you drunkenly, like, talk about wanting to murder uh, this guy? And then you uh, kind of overheard he, it and went he, with well, him? Or? So he, he, had, he gets this, like, twitchy look in his eyes when the murder's coming. Yeah. And I knew he had to direct it somewhere. <laughs> and the best thing I could do was, like, I, I had heard about a guy who was dealing some moonflower. And he was like, flower! And there we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. Part bystander, part instigator, actually, is kind of what it sounds like. Yes. This is the this is the ironic part. I probably would not have killed him if I wasn't high on moon. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, next is instigator. This is uh, Aaron. Yes. So you were the architect. You were the architect of this man's demise. I was. I was also using the drugs. I was next to him, and I said, and and Joplin tried to steal my wrench. Oh, if you know me, you know that that's not an option. Mm. The wrench is me. Mm. It is my magical wrench that represents the, the, the token of my work. Okay. Respect. I respect. It's what I use. Why would Joplin want to take your wrench? I don't know, but well, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> I freak out when so, when my wrench isn't near me, and so I, I I knew that he might do it because he's. He looked like one of those mercenaries. So, what's your alignment again? Neutral. Neutral? Okay. Really, I just told him to get my wrench back, but he was high on drugs. <laughs> okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> this is all starting to come together. And so, you he were... killed him. I didn't want that to happen, but I didn't really care if it did. I love what you guys came up with. That's fantastic. Also, uh, Joplin's first name was Jenna Is. Mm. <laughs> Jenna Is Joplin. <laughs> yes. All right, so now we finally get to the liar. You covered this all up. Why? How? Well, okay, so the Flaming Feast, first of all, I yeah. know about all of this because I talk to so many people. I know everybody. And uh, so Flaming Feast come to me, say, you there, you know what happened? You see all this uh, murder, death? Uh, no, 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 no. Because Flaming Feast... They come in like guns ablaze. What is a gun? Don't know. Come with swords a swinging, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, going to hurt people. Innocent people will die. Of course. So I say, let's just end the bloodshed. Uh, Coslo, cover it up. Nobody know nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. It's for the greater good. So you actually just kind of heard that this went down. You weren't a, You weren't there. Uh, um, I see people go in okay. to shop. And then I hear blood curdling, gurgling scream, <laughs> and then I go, "Oh, I know what happened." And then I say, "No, no, no." Okay, great. This shared murder ah. crime that you guys have committed uh, will be important in the future of this campaign. All right. So, does anyone have any questions about Baldur's Gate, about the setting? Any what's, sort of questions what's the major all? like trade here? Like, what is the uh, like what's going on all the time? Sure. Um, so, Baldur's Gate. Uh, deals in a lot of stuff from the sea. Fish is a huge thing for them. Uh, they also are a major importer from the land of Chult, which is a peninsula kind of far off to the south. Chult has a lot of really kind of unique imports and exports, like dinosaurs, for example, come from Chult. So occasionally you'll see some dinosaurs uh, being shipped into Baldur's like Gate. Large? Uh, yeah, yeah, some dinosaurs. Like, like Jurassic Park 3? Yeah, seriously. Well, like, no spoilers. For sure. I haven't like, seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not only that, but, you know, like, precious, like, metals and gems and art and, like, different silks and whatnot that you can't really find as easily um, 
here. They have a lot of like uh, different mines and stuff like in the area that uh, that various like really important families own the rights to and all this kind of stuff. Pretty much anything you can imagine gets traded in this city. And there's a huge black market. Um, there is an organization called the Guild. They are basically like a mafia. They're organized crime that that kind of has its hand in almost everything in this city. Uh, are you incorporating all the history? Like, you know, Ball appeared there in, oh, yeah. in the past and all that? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, so you already know a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. And you guys are going to learn a little bit more about this. But there is a presence in the city from cultists of the Dead Three. The Dead Three are three gods. And these gods all used to be mortals who ascended to godhood. And they're all evil. Yeah, there's... Uh, Baal, who is the god of tyranny and sort of like lawful evil, like Nazism kind of, you know, that sort of like domination through strength and like certain people are just better than others. You know, if I see Baal, I punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah. So that's Baal. Then there's Bane. Yeah. Yes. Bane. Hold on. Yeah, I, thought, I, just, I thought I think Baal was like the god of murder. Baal's the god of murder. Bane, oh. Bane is the god of tyranny. Okay. Baal is the god of murder. Yes. It's really funny because the other day we were streaming and uh, people were uh, giving me quizzes on, like, Elder Scrolls gods. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't remember the names of these fucking deities. I have, like, all the Pathfinder deities, all the fucking Faerun deities, all the fucking <laughs> Elder Scrolls deities. I, I'm playing The Witcher now, so like, I have to remember all these fucking names. Like, there's just everywhere in my head. Um, so, yeah. So, there's Bane, got a tyranny, Ball, got a murder, and Merkul, M-Y-R-K-U-L. Merkul. Merkul is the god of uh, necromancy and death. And so these dead three are kind of like bros, like evil bros, mm. bro gods. And uh, there's cultists that worship, you know, each one of these individually that have kind of banded together and have just started murdering people. And it's been like this for a long time. You know, it was kind of like squashed for a while, but then it recently with uh, all the bad shit that's been happening, these killing sprees have started up again. So any other uh, questions from me? Folks. I am not allowed in the upper Walden city. Usually not. No. I, I get like an alter ego, and the alter yeah. ego can like pretend to be like an official, and it gets like a little like fake like sheriff's badge. And gotcha. some people it passes for, and some don't. I'm just not sure if there's yeah. a way to know now who it will pass for or not. So ah. that's that's from your background, right? Yeah, yeah. You got that special uh, rule. I remember that too. Like the charlatan. Oh. One of the backgrounds, or one of the things with the charlatan, was that you have. Mm -hmm. An alternate identity. Yeah, and I was gonna okay. try to make him like a uh, like fake, uh, not very famous, but like noble dude. So like, if we needed to get in some place, like no, I'm like the baron of this. You're a patriarch. Fuck. Yeah, you're in the yeah. Oh, okay. well, you're not, but well, you are. <laughs> yes, you one can pass. grow up. You know. Yeah. So so what it says is you created a second identity mm -hmm. that includes documentation, established acquaintances, and disguises that allow you to assume okay. that persona. Additionally, you could forge documents, including official papers and personal letters. As long as you have seen an example of the kind of document or the handwriting you're trying to copy. So that actually is the perfect way to get you into the upper city. Because, okay. um, you know, you uh, it actually in order to get into there at the gate, mm -hmm. you basically need to have a document saying that you're allowed in. Okay. So that's something that you could have forged. Yeah. And uh, you could even have created a, a false identity that maybe you're like a minor cousin or a minor like okay. grandchild yeah, of somebody yeah. who's kind of important. Sure. And so, yeah, that's, okay. that's cool. Know, Cool. And, and, you know, maybe not right now, but at some yeah. point between sessions, you should totally, like, come up with a, a whole name and, like, yeah, backstory for, for sure. that. For sure, we'll do it. Wait awesome. a minute. So you are, like, a 
great grandson of Vic Damone? Oh, you didn't hear? Yeah, yeah, Grand Vic. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he used to take me fishing by Cholt all the time. You know? <laughs> I mostly hang out in that uh, dirty part of Ooh. the. Because that is where I am welcome. There's actually um, an interesting thing that your character would probably be really curious about. <clears throat> there is a tree that was planted in a park in Baldur's Gate, uh, planted by a druid. And this tree is really unique because nobody has been able to figure out what species of tree it is. Um, and it has a very strange property. Is this the one that smells like semen? Smells like semen, yep. It is. But there's an even more interesting property. Uh, which is that the druid who planted it, he can he occasionally comes by the tree and he peels back some of the bark and behind the bark will be in blood red sap some sort of image that is predicting an event in the future. And its predictions always come true. But the thing is, not just anybody can come back and just like peel bark and see stuff. Like it only is that guy, that druid who can do it. And he actually goes into a murderous rage if anybody tries to mess with his tree. That's why I don't mess with tree. <laughs> I leave tree alone. Yeah, so... It's like his wrench. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Who is this druid? Do I know this druid? Yeah, I mean, probably not super well because he's kind of, uh, kind of a hermit. Difficult to get to know. Yeah. Don't all you druids know each other. No, no, no. That is a miss... Uh, miss uh, that is not right. What do you like to do when you are have downtime? I don't have downtime. Actually, I play Game of Bones. You play How Bones? You play Bones? It's a dice game. Actually, I can tell you exactly how to play Baldur's Bones, which is the dice game that he's talking about. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Can we play Baldur's Bones? I'm a love hustler, baby. Absolutely. Okay, so Don't it's... Don't want to play me, but Like here? <laughs> it's very much like Blackjack. Okay, this oh. is how it goes. Everybody uh, takes 3d6, and you're going to need more than that. Um, but you need to start with 3d6. Somebody is the host, and the host goes last. And then the host rotates until it finally gets back to that same person, and then, then the round is over. But anyways, um, everybody rolls 3d6, and then starting with the person to the host's left, that person then rolls another d6 if they want, or they pass. And the object of the game, just like in Blackjack, is to get to 21. But if you get over 21, then you bust. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if you guys want to try it, I mean, nobody's going to be able to see your dice, but you could at least try that while I'm talking to Zach. Are you hosting? Which yeah. are you the, you're the host group? I know, I'm, I know how to play. Ooh. Here's ten. I'm a hustler, babe. I roll for the set, and then you roll one at a time, yes? Do we roll one okay, at a time? So who's okay. host? Uh, okay, Project. so you're the last one to roll. Yeah. So, Dion, you roll your 3d6. Uh, Let's get a crack it. Oh, nice. Hey, Twelve. thank you. I was, like, going to do math eventually. Okay, so you can choose now to just keep rolling a single die at a time and oh. adding on to that total. Uh, hmm, I'm going to get nasty one more time. Hey. 15? No, I think... 13. You... Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get close to 21, right? Yeah. You're in the worst position because you're... Bushed. Pretty... Oh, you busted? Oh, did I? What? I thought you had 13. Oh, it... Huh? What did you have in the I first you had roll? 60. Uh, uh, see, I thought you had 12, 12. on the first roll. <laughs> okay, so I thought we were, like you said, like 21, 60. so I thought we were going to a 21, so I may have overshot my shot, <laughs> just to be fair. I heard 12, 16, 22 is what I heard. 14, oh. I have 16. What did you have? I go last. 
I had 15, sure. if that helps. I will roll one more. Splodoosh! I get a three. Oh. 19, you stop. I stop. Okay. Alright, 13. Okay. Go again. 18. Do I have to beat him? If you want to win, yes. <laughs> I guess I'm going then. Hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. 20. Hey. Aha. You can't beat me. You can't beat the wrench, man. You'll never get a tw- you'll never get a twenty-one, Grubjack. Ten. Sixteen. Oh yeah. Here comes a six. Eighteen. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, what Don't are we get doing? A three. What are we doing, big fella? Nineteen. Oh! <laughs> you gotta roll again. We conquer, baby. Oh! <laughs> Filthy! Filthy! Tie goes to the host. There what? Why does the tie go to the host? Give the rules, bitch. Give me all your electrum. That is ridiculous. <laughs> but now, if you wanted to play a real game, you'd then go around and make sure everybody gets a turn as the host. Uh, then it's fair. Okay. Makes okay. sense? We'll be able to play Makes some bones then. Yeah, man. I think if there are no more like questions and everybody feels comfortable with their character, is everybody's character sheet 100% finished? Mm, hold on. I'd probably like to put in more background. But a little bit more background. Yeah. Yeah. You guys pick your good. ideals and bonds and flaws yeah. and all that? Uh, yeah. You've got to do yours. I didn't... I I don't think I'll put yours in there. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, a bond is is a sort of uh, connection to something. And it could be a friendship. It could be a place that you okay. just feel really connected to oh. that you care about. There are suggestion I'm ones. I'm going to around a trinket from my mother if that works. So after we get the rest of our character stuff figured out, we're going to have a bathroom break? Yeah, we're going to take a little bit of a bathroom break, and then we're going to start everything over oh. and do episode one. Hey! Okay. Oh, awesome. I just love the fact that, like, Bobby, you were just like, this guy stole my wrench. I need it stolen back. And it just kind of escalated <laughs> into a murder that nobody really wanted. Yeah. You know? That's great. I mean, it's not great. It's awful and terrible. I follow my point. orders well when I'm sober. <laughs> <laughs> I figure I'm often allowed into the upper city when I have a, a mercenary mission and I can, I'll sh- I show my captain insignia. You could be allowed into the upper city, but you would need uh, essentially permission to do so. So yeah, it's possible that on certain missions you've, you've been up there. But you're almost always going to be only there as long as it takes to get the job done and with some sort of escort. Yeah, they're very, very protective of, of their status up there, especially knowing how dangerous the rest of the city is. Like, a lot of people who live in the upper city literally never leave. They always stay there because they have everything they need, you know? Those cowards. Yeah. <laughs> have I built any kind of familiarity with the city watch? What's your uh, What's your background? Is it a mercenary? Mercenary. I'm sure that uh, you would have had some sort of uh, interactions with the Flaming Fist. The Did you watch... have any interactions with the Flaming Lips? Uh, I would say that you you've gotten familiar with some of the folks in the in the Flaming Fist. However, the the Watch itself, which is the you know protectors of the Upper City, probably not a whole lot of interaction right. with them. Okay, so like people up there wouldn't hire someone like me. Most likely not. But you never know. This is a good time to point out that I also have another sort of house rule, which is that <laughs> you know we, we can make jokes about like sexual stuff. Oh, that's fine, but yeah. I'm never gonna allow any sort of like role playing of a sexual thing. Oh, people probably you know do saying? that, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they do. Oh boy! And like, that's cool if you're into that shit and you want to do it on your own. But I'm definitely not gonna do it in a show. And I also just. But he's definitely I'm gonna, gonna do, do it, it on his either. own. No, I don't. I don't do it for fun either. Okay. <laughs> Emery's real about sex. Yes, exactly. It only belongs in the real world. <laughs> I have no time for shit. I, I don't Set think I want to bang myself across the world, but I'm gonna flirt. Yeah. 
That's fine. <laughs> uh, you realize you're going to be flirting with me, right? Oh. Because I play all oh, no, that, of these. That's the reason I came today, so. Okay. All right. <laughs> you picture what you want, but I'm going to be the one who's saying the words and feeling the feelings. So. <laughs> Sometimes I masturbate to my longbow, Kurugul. Your longbow is a name? My longbow is called Kurugul. Kurugul? I'm gonna write that down because I never know. I mean, you got it okay. You don't speak goblin very well. And that marks the end of Session Zero, or the introduction to Season 1 of the Rated RPG Podcast. In Episode 1, available now, we begin our adventure in Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus. A new episode of the Rated RPG Podcast will be released every Monday. You can follow the Rated RPG Podcast on Twitter, at Rated RPG Podcast. And if you'd like to support the show with a few bucks, we sure would appreciate it. You can do that on Patreon. The address is patreon.com slash Rated RPG. You can watch the Rated RPG live stream as it's recorded on the Game Society Pimps Twitch channel, and previous episodes of the full live stream are available on the Game Society Pimps YouTube channel. Rated RPG was created by Aaron Yanda and Matt Sloan of Blame Society Films, and if you haven't already, check out their wildly popular YouTube channel featuring the original Rated RPG series, plus their hit show Beer and Board Games, which is a blast, and it's now in its 10th year. On behalf of everybody at the gaming table, thank you for listening to the Rated RPG Podcast. Now, onward to episode one.